0: Welcome to this podcast from Greater Boston on WGBH 2. It is one in a series of interviews with authors conducted by Greater Boston host Emily Rooney. Our podcasts are made possible through the generous contributions of WGBH viewers and listeners like you. Thanks for joining us. And now, here's Emily.
1: Paul Krugman is a professor of economic and international affairs at Princeton and an unabashed liberal columnist for The New York Times. His new book is the conscience of a liberal. And Paul Krugman is here. Welcome. Hi there. Appreciate you coming. So you didn't really set out with this premise, but you sort of came to the conclusion that income inequality really is engineered by the, by the conservatives.
0: Yeah, I don't want to go overboard on it, but you <laughs> yes, look Yes, you do. It, no. Yeah, well, all right. But it's, uh, no, I mean, the thing is, what's really striking is that this enormous increase in inequality, this second gilded age we've had in the United States now with, with basically no gain or no clear gain in living standards for middle class families over the past 35 years and huge increases at the top is unique to the United States. It's not something, you know, we're all facing, all advanced countries, all rich, rich countries face the same technological forces, face the same globalization, but only in America have we had these extremes of, of, of wealth and stagnation for the really? middle class.
1: No, there's the nothing like class.
0: it. The, the closest thing you can find is Britain, and Britain, of course, had Margaret Thatcher, and even that's a, a, a faint echo of what's happened here, and no place else. And then if you start to look back at history, and a lot of what I do in Conscious of a Liberal is look mm-hmm. back at history, it turns out that the middle-class society, uh, that the post-war, you know, the baby, what, what us baby boomers grew up mm-hmm. in, that was created politically. That was created by Franklin Roosevelt, by the New Deal in the 1930s and the 1940s. So it sort of stands to reason... And I try to document how it's worked that the very non middle class society we have now was also created by politics
1: but you you're saying that the conservatives have wanted to you know, break down the old new deal way of politics and you know the social sort of yeah. spreading the wealth kind of thing, but how did they do that? Have they successfully engineered it and and, and secondly, what's wrong with it what's what's wrong with an income inequality well the main
0: thing, let's, let's do that in reverse. The main thing that's wrong with income inequality is, first, that it means that lots of people don't share in in prosperity. You know, we're a vastly richer country than we were in the early 1970s. You know, we, we, we have computers. We didn't have personal computers. We have the Internet. We, have, we didn't have fax machines. We didn't have freight containerization. We're enormously more productive. And yet it's within the realm of argument whether the typical middle-class family has had any gains. So there you've had 35 years of technological progress and economic growth with hardly any of it going down to the typical American family, to most American families. That in itself is a problem. And then also uh, high income inequality leads to a polarized, non-trusting, politically divisive society, you know, we've moved part of the way towards becoming Latin America, and I don't like to see that happening to my country. But,
1: but if this is the case, why have we drifted in recent years? We had a turnover this past year in, in Congress, but most of our presidents have been Republican over the past, you know, three decades. Um, and if, if that's so, if that's hurting the people who don't have, or that have nots, but it that way, why aren't those people in power? Well, it's an interesting...
0: I didn't. When I was writing this book, I had no idea I was going to here. But you, when you look, when political scientists look at the voting. You ask, why Why have we mostly had Republican victories, whereas before it was more balanced? It's just one thing. Southern whites started voting Republican. And if you start to look at the politics, the reason why right-wing policies, I'm you know, sounding like a liberal, but right-wing <laughs> policies have have been successful electorally has not very little to do with the fact that people like the policies and everything to do with the fact that the right has succeeded in exploiting hot-button issues of which the most important is race.
1: But, I mean, a lot of people are going to argue that, you know, this is the way it's orchestrated because that's what's comfortable for a certain segment of the society. And, and they, they don't want other people on, on their meal ticket or, you know, being, being, paying taxes for... That's why they're taking those programs away. Well, but the fact is, most of us
0: uh are actually stand to benefit or are very much at, at the, the point is we're not mostly you know welfare assistance to uh that's a very small part of it. Social security is vastly bigger unemployment insurance, which any one of us might need is is bigger uh all of these programs the the basic social safety net is in fact uh something that that middle class families either use or very much need to have available in case something goes wrong so we're, this is not The whole story of America these past few decades is not the middle class versus the poor. It's actually, it's a tiny elite, the top few percent mm. of society versus the great majority.
1: Might the uh, middle class also be afraid, though, of an estate tax, which could happen if there's a new... Oh, <laughs> boy. Uh,
0: the, even boy. Even the estate tax in, in 2000, uh, before the Bush cuts, only affected about 2% of of, of families, and, and it was, you know, and, and it was tiny unless you had a very large estate. And now it's, you know, the, the, a limit of $3 million or $4 million or 4000000 dollars Means that hardly anybody, only a tiny elite. No, this is one of those funny things. I mean, the family farm broken up, but they never were able to find a single example where that actually happened.
1: What is the liberal conscience as opposed to the conservative?
0: Well, conservative. There is a principal conservative view, which is basically individualism and everybody on his own, which somehow doesn't apply to Halliburton. But anyway, there, but there's <laughs> there's a liberal conscience, which is we are. I guess you could say we are our brother's keepers, not you know not mm-hmm. socialism not but but to say that we do have some shared community and we as democratic in the broader sense democratic politically because when you have enormous inequalities of wealth you also have enormous inequalities of power and democratic economically because it means that we should be living in at least a shared economic mm-hmm. universe all
1: right paul krugman and the book is the conscience of a liberal thank thanks you so much for coming
0: thanks for listening to this podcast one in a series of interviews conducted by greater boston host emily rooney We invite you to watch Greater Boston weeknights on WGBH2 at 7 p.m. and again at midnight. The program is also available through Comcast On Demand.